Welcome to the podcast. It's Big Red Zone. I'm your host, Big Red. As always, I'm joined with my good friend, James. Hey, hey. Also known as Jimothy. How are you today, yeah, James? Yeah, doing, doing excellent. Doing fantastic. Yeah, great, great week. Oh, yeah. Anyway, what was the best highlight of the week? The Packers lost. Oh, <laughs> I'm so excited. Uh, oh, I'm James so is a little over happy about the Packers losing, yeah. uh, which we'll get to in a little bit. No disavere Packers fan, but um, you know. I I just want to say before we start, uh, also big thanks to Danny Football coming on last yeah, week. Yeah, it was it great was having good. him again. Uh, great seeing him again. I'm sure we'll see him in the future soon enough. Um, we have a lot to talk to you about tonight, um, and we're gonna change it up the order a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna go to some big stories around the NFL or stories around the NFL. Um, we'd like to start with honoring two players, two great players uh, that had graced our league for many years. One, uh, Luke Keekley. Yes. One of the best defensive players ever to play the game. Uh, the kid was is a BC uh, alum, a true professional. He was a pro bowler for like years in a row. He made the pro bowl seven, all, uh, seven years, I'm pretty sure like it was seven years. Yeah. Uh, he was a five-time first-team All-Pro, second-team All-Pro the other two years he played. Um, he was Defensive Player of the Year, his rookie year. Um, he was rookie Defensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, he was Defensive Rookie of the Year, and then he was Rookie uh, Defensive Player of the Year the next year. He was a two-time NFL Tackles Leader. Yeah. Um, he won probably every... Defensive award that you could win in college football. Oh yeah, um, he was a big player. He was an unbelievable. And he's retiring pretty early too. He's still pretty yeah. young. Um, after thinking about it, he dealt with a lot of injuries, mainly oh, yeah. in concussions. Yep. Uh, so his head's been through a lot. Uh, he's just a physical player, and he's, you know, he's seeing what's going around with different like CTE things. And I oh, think yeah. it's the best call for him. You know, he's really he had, money. he's had a bunch of concussions and he's yeah. had probably like three major ones in his NFL career. Yeah. Not to mention ones he's probably had in college and yeah. high school and yeah, yeah. probably pop like all the way back. Like he's had some, probably had a ton of concussions and um, it's probably best oh, for yeah. him. Uh, but he like, you have to salute him. He's, one probably one of the best defensive players ever to play. A very game smart of football. decision to get out when he's going to, and hopefully maybe he'll do something in the sports world. He has enough accolades and enough of a name behind him. There's so many things he could do, but he made enough money to go take it easy for a few years. You know, I bet he's. Gonna, and the other thing I like, um, he left uh, college before he graduated, okay. and during his uh, career, he got his degree. That he went back to school. He used the money, and that was a deal he made with his mom. To get his degree, he had to. If he left early, he had to go back, like take courses, like one, like like I don't know, semester don't or summer course, point, really. like in the off season, taking classes and yeah, okay, yeah. Um, and I heard apparently he was just one of the people when he was in classes, different like, and he would help football team and the football team, um, and that's why I think I think he's gonna go into coaching. I really do. Okay. Um, he could be an analyst because he's very smart. He knows the game. But I feel like I was talking to someone that is a big BC guy and knows Luke Keekley very well. And he said that the like his mental, like he knows the game so well. And I think he could become a very good um, 
Like start off as like an assistant and yeah, become a linebackers coach, yeah. and he could be a pretty good defensive coordinator, and maybe someday I I could see him being a head coach. He just knows the game very well, and he's a players guy. Um, we'll have to wait and see what happens. We'll have to but, see, but I I wish the but, best. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite players to watch. I'm a BC guy too. I'm a big BC football fan and BC sports fan, so big fan of Luke Keekley and great career. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and the other big ticket, Eli Manning. Eli Manning, who, to be fair... Not is, surprising. Not surprising. Uh, was going to have to find a new spot anyway. Yeah. Uh, and he really is, hasn't really been playing anyway for two years. So, I mean, it makes sense Smart he's retiring. Uh, but two-time Super Bowl champ, Walter Payton, uh, winner of the uh, Walter Payton Man of the Year Award and the four-time Pro Bowler. Uh, we've had this debate, uh, the Hall of Famer or not, on the uh, oh yeah podcast before, but long time ago you got to tip the cap to Eli. Oh yeah, um, probably not the way he envisioned going out, but I think I think he he has to be you have to be happy with his yeah. career. He's a stand up guy and two time Super Bowl champ. He's definitely in the top group of quarterbacks ever. You know he he's he's had a great career. I wouldn't yeah. say ever. I wouldn't say best quarterbacks well, out of, ever. Out of all the quarterbacks we've had in the NFL, he's got to be in the top 10%. N- no. Yeah. No, he's not in the top 10. Top 10%? Are you kidding me? I don't know. You wouldn't think he's in the top 10% of quarterbacks that we've ever had. I don't know. No. How many is the top 10%? How many quarterbacks would you say? Well, you got... <sighs> no, like how many people would be in the top... You're saying like there's, well, there's well, I, I got to figure out the whole. So like we probably... there's How long have there been... 32 teams. If you're saying all time, if you're just saying That's quarterbacks. That's why I said, I said ever. I said, you know, top 10% ever. No, like, I wouldn't say percentage. If you're going to say best quarterbacks ever, I would not put them anywhere <laughs> near the top, like, 50. Really? Yeah. You wouldn't put them in there? No. You wouldn't no. even put them in the top 50? It would be close. But, yeah, I wow. mean, yeah, I mean, uh, I'll be once real, you get he's lower. He's probably around the 20 mark for me. No. Yeah. No. I yeah. mean, I've argued for him to be in the Hall of Fame, so I should probably argue for him to be higher. But I, when you go when, through the names when, he when you start. Playing, with, he does have a lot of good accolades, but he did have a lot of off years as well. So it's kind of a. I don't know. But, but either way. but yeah. Here's a big red fun fact for him, for oh. Eli Manning. He is the highest paid football player ever to play. The NFL. Now, see, that's a total earnings. He is total over his career. He has made the most money, two hundred fifty-two point three million dollars. He is uh, right ahead of. Can you guess who do you think's in front of him? I I couldn't even tell you. Take a guess. It it ain't gonna be Tom. No, Tom. Tom's near there. I want. I'll go through the top five. Would it be not not maybe Aaron? No, no. I don't. I genuinely. He has don't a know. lot of similarities to Eli Manning. What are you gonna say? What? Don't tell me it's Peyton. Peyton Manning. <laughs> really? Wow. He made hilarious. more than his brother. Peyton Manning made two hundred and forty-eight point seven million. And the fun fact about that is Peyton played eighteen years. Eli played sixteen. So he made more than his brother in less years. If you were, Peyton obviously is a better you know what's quarterback. Crazy? Think about the two of them combined earned half a billion dollars. Smart family, dude. That that family's got it going. That dad is a smart family. You want to talk about Levar Ball? This guy, the Manning dad, is a genius. Um, the Manning family. Number three, can you guess? He still plays. 
I'll do the top five. I'll go through the top five. I really want to know now. All all the rest, the bottom three of the top five, three, four, five, all play now. All right. He still plays. Quarterback. Top five of quarterbacks. I'll give you that. Uh, Would it be Russell Wilson? Nope. No. Played longer. Played longer than Wilson. Man. Five, four. You're going to have to tell me that one. Drew Brees. I didn't think he was. Wow, okay, yep. Okay. And. I think he has a chance by the end of his career to move into second. Depends uh, on depends on if he stays how much longer. It depends on what the Saints want to do. It uh, depends on what he signs for this contract yes. coming up. He's made two hundred and forty four point seven million. Oh, he's barely behind. All right. Yeah, he's not. He's not too far away. Uh, number four, still plays. I I couldn't even tell you. And he's gonna hopefully make more, but he's not gonna be close to. Uh, he's not gonna be close to Drew Brees. I would have no idea. My man. TB12, $235.2 million. But fun fact about him, he's taken over $60 million in discounts over his career. Like he's had a... In pay cuts? In pay cuts. Like he's had his contract and then he's taken, like how he's done the reworks. He's had over, uh, uh, sacrificed at least $60 million in his career. That's crazy. So you talk about a team player. He's he's single-handedly funded what Gronk... It was a, what Ellen. made it able to get a guy like Randy Moss, <laughs> Wes yeah. Welker. Um, yeah. You had. I never thought of that. Yeah. It was that much. I knew he took pay cuts. 60 million over 20 years. Um, and wow. number five, still plays quarterback. Someone I already guessed? Yeah, you have mentioned him. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers, I would guess. Aaron Rodgers, yeah. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers made $233.6 million. So he's right behind you know what's Tom. crazy to think about is one day in Mahomes, 15 years. What's crazy is Mahomes is going to be on that list one day. I'm willing to bet. I bet he will be. Big Ben is at six. Oh yeah, I, um, uh, yeah. He hasn't been in this year, so I two, didn't think about him. Yeah, 232.3. If you're interested, over uh, how many years? Over 16. Okay, yeah. Matty Ryan was number seven in 12 oh, yeah. years. He's made 223.5 million. Okay. Number eight, Philip Rivers, two hundred eighteen point okay, yeah. nine in sixteen years. Uh, number nine was Matt Stafford, two hundred and three point yeah. eight million in eleven years and counting. And number ten is not a quarterback, a wide receiver, but he's been in the league a while. Uh, Larry Fitz with one hundred and seventy-five point, oh, yeah. uh, uh, actually one hundred seventy-five million yep. in fifteen seasons, and he's coming back for another year. Good for him. Yeah, I I never I didn't think Brady took that many that much a pay cut. Sixty million. Wow. So that's why everyone's saying do you think he's gonna take a pay cut now or do you think he's gonna try to get his money? I I'd lean I, I mean when, the, I'd lean towards I mean he's it done depen- it so much. It all depends what the Patriots want to do though. That's the thing. Yeah. The thing is we could spend an hour speculating about that yeah. and we've already kind of talked. You know, post Super Bowl we're gonna have a big discussion about that coming Yeah, up. we'll do a big free agent you know. uh free agency talk. But uh yeah, Eli Manning, the highest Paid ever, yeah. highest ever paid player in, yeah. over his career in the NFL. So far. So as, far. Of, as of 2020. As of 2020. Uh, 2019, 2020. And the only one close to him is Drew Brees with 244. So I don't know. I don't think he's catching him. He could be. I don't know. Hell depends on. He did it in 16 years. True. And he sat for like three. <laughs> that is a good point. He's a high paid backup. <laughs> uh, so, but salute to you. Yeah, Eli. Uh, Eli and Luke. Yeah. Uh, great careers, and 
I think, future Hall of Famers. Good, smart decisions made there. Now, let's talk to a guy that could was probably going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, it's a guy that we love to talk about and we also hate to talk about. Uh, yeah. A guy you love to hate and you hate to love. Is that right? We're going I don't with know. it. I, I, I like it. We're going with it. I was rolling. Uh, Antonio Brown is back in the news. Oh, my God. Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the Everybody procedure, calm. everyone? What's the procedure? Stay calm. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Everybody just calm down. <laughs> Had to. He, uh, classic. Uh, he was... Uh, had a warrant for his arrest. I think he turned himself in uh, yes. from an altercation he had with a moving company. A moving yep. company. James has the report up here. Yep. He'll read so it through I, it. I can read it basically verbatim, yeah. word for word here. Yeah. The driver of the delivery vehicle said he requested the $4,000 payment to deliver the household goods. According to the complaint, Brown refused to pay, and when the driver started to leave, he threw a rock that dented the truck and chipped the paint. Now, first of all, can, can we can we just throw out that this man cannot make a, stu- a, a smart decision to save his life? He says, oh, I'm not paid for it. It throws a rock at the truck. All right, th- brilliant so far. The driver returned home after his company told him the former football player was willing to pay the outstanding $4,000 plus $860 for the vehicle damage and driver's extra time. Depending on the truck, that will not cover that, but whatever. Brown paid the $4,000, but then refused to pay the additional amount for the damage. This dude could have just paid it and been over with. It, it, he could have made this a lot easier. He's, he purposely tried to make this as difficult as he can. Then the driver climbed back in the truck to leave, but Brown argued with the driver, climbed into the vehicle, and started to physically grab and pull him, ripping his shirt and causing multiple scrapes and bruises and injuries. When the driver refused to hand over the keys, he grabbed the keys from the ignition, unlocked the truck, and Brown and several friends jumped in and started removing boxes and causing mayhem and all that stuff. The victim suffered injuries and you know cuts on his finger and whatnot. But yeah, police arrived and Brown went to his home, shutting the door, and that that's really that's really it. Basically, Antonio Brown was being an idiot. Yeah. And I, I, I don't understand what's going on with him. And here's the thing. $4,000 for that man is not a lot of money. Yeah. I hate to be this guy. Well, especially that he paid okay. it in the f- first place. Like He asked for the service, and it shows up and says, eh, I'm not going to pay it. And then what does he do? He throws something and says, ah, I'm going to pay it, but not the damage. Like, you already paid four grand. What's $850? And he, Antonio Brown's made how much over his career? Tens of millions? I don't know. I Lots don't of know. money? It wasn't top ten. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but the, the man could wipe his butt with hundreds and not care. Yeah, I did. Like, I hate to be this guy, but, like, he just he just made so many stupid decisions. But basically, yes, he turned himself into police in the police station after the warrant for his arrest came out. And from what I saw, from what I've heard, it's probably going to be the case of he's going to have to go to therapy or mental rehab or something like that as well as paying for damages, damages and other things. community service. I don't think he's yeah. doing jail time. He's not going to do jail time, but he'll definitely have to do community service, and I would guess, yeah. you know, therapy and mental health eval. And I hope this man gets the mental health eval that he needs because he's been on the downward slope. But the good part is, hopefully, this is rock bottom. Yeah. Do you think he plays again in the NFL? No. No, if I am a team, I'd... Okay, let me amend my statement. Maybe... Three years down the line, after he's done the community service, does all this therapy, and really gets healthy, and, and really turns it around. But I'll be honest with you, unless I could pick this dude up for literally dirt cheap, I wouldn't risk it. 
I really wouldn't. The other thing is, in three years, he's 34, 35. Not worth Is it. anyone taking a risk on Antonio Brown at 34, no. 35? No. After no. sitting out in the NFL for then four years? Nope. Unless you can literally pay this man a dollar. I I think there's a good chance that he's done. His career is done. Um, I, I, depending on what comes out of this case, like if, if he gets like jail time, which I don't... If a felony, then he's done. If he gets jail time, I think he's done. I think yeah. um, if it's just community service and he, you know, he goes away for like a year or six months and then he comes back for next NFL season, I bet a team will, or the season after that, probably a team will take a chance on him <sighs> for cheap. Like the Patriots, Patriots took a cheap chance on him, and I mean it wasn't too cheap. Yeah, but he was younger though, and there there wasn't all this baggage with him. uh, But now there's the baggage of you know going to court several times. Yeah, several things. It's I mean some team will take a chance on him, but if he comes back within the next year or two, but three years, four years down the line, here's the thing: if this whole thing is resolved in six months, there's a chance. Right. Right. But this whole thing's not going to be resolved before the no. next NFL season. Therefore, maybe next season, not like this season coming up, but the next one. His other cases but, that he had back in September aren't even chosen. Haven't that's been what I'm settled. saying. He so still has that pending. And it's over. Like the crazy thing is, it's like it's over. Like chump change to this guy that he didn't want to. Pay. It's like he didn't want to pay people back. It's like it's like. I mean, four thousand dollars is pre- like a lot to me, and probably not a lot to him. To but the it's... average person, it is a sum. But to him, if that's a lot of money to him, I don't know what he did with his money. But if you think, but think about it. Think of all the legal cases he's going to be in. Yeah. He's going to have no money, and then yeah. he's going to have to be playing child support to his kid because he's got three kids. Probably, I feel probably bad for those kids. Yeah, I do too. Oh. I feel bad too. That sucks. But. I don't know. He's he's gonna be a broke man, I think. But he has a, has a rap career going. What? He came out with an album. So that's what he's been doing. He hasn't been yeah, playing. Yep. He came out with an album a couple. Like I forget. I think it was like a month ago. Something like uh, that. I, a I while guess back. the standards. I think, o, I think Odell can. was oh. on that too. Oh my god! Are we gonna have like an NFL. We should play it. Top ten NFL. Let's not for copyright sake. I heard. I heard it. I heard it today on the radio. Was it any good? Sounds like a typical. Oh, so, so he's standard run of the mill. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Could it have was hilarious. Cool. I was laughing. Um, well, maybe he's trying to beat, build his street cred. Yeah, because that's what he needs. That's <laughs> that's exactly what this man needs. God forbid this man should. Oh dear. Play football. Oh, this guy needs to get someone in his life to to push. Well, maybe I'm day. hoping the you know whether it's rehab or he does like counseling or whatever it is. I know the judge recommended that. That was something the judge was thinking about. Community service, whatever have you. He needs some help and maybe this is it. I don't know. Maybe this is the rock bottom. We'll find out. We'll find out. But to be continued for the Antonio Brown saga. And I think that's a perfect time. Do you hear that? Yeah. I think it's a perfect time to set up what, James? Weekend Recap. Weekend Recap. So, for Weekend Recap, we are changing it up a tiny bit, a teeny, teeny bit. We're going to start foreshadowing how this will be, because usually we do NFL games. We pick one NFL game each. Um, But seeing how this is coming down to the end of the season, we still want to do Weekend Recap or Week weekly recap we may have to change it to weekly recap yeah. but 
We're going to start picking games from other sports and start talking about it. So we thought we'd sprinkle it in for this week. Uh, I was thinking there was only two NFL games. But starting off, we'll start with the AFC Championship game. The Miracle in Tennessee, Tennessee Miracle, came to an end. They lost to the Kansas City Chiefs 35-24. And it really was a case of just not enough firepower for the Tennessee Titans. It happened exactly like I think we all expected. Um, Tennessee probably didn't score as much as I would have thought. But, I mean, the outcome is exactly what, what we all kind of predicted, what we all thought. Um, Henry tried, but the really the Chiefs did a good job locking him down. Remember we said a few weeks ago that the Chiefs were really working on stopping the rushing game, stopping mm-hmm. the running game. Man, they really clamped down on him hard. A lot of criticals to Tannehill. He's done a, he had a better he, game. Well, Tannehill's done a fantastic job this season. He eats a lot of credit goes to him. The Titans have done well. If you're if you're a Titans fan, do not be really disappointed at all. They they've had a fantastic run. Good for them. But that being said, it's so hard to compete against Mahomes after watching him play. It seems like no matter what you do, that man could get out of any situation. Yeah, he, he he's ex- so athletic. He extended so many extra drives. Uh, the one that really comes to mind is the one at the end of the half yep. uh, when he stretched it and got that touchdown run. Oh yeah, it was like a it was like a like a maybe a plus three play, and then he turned it into like a thirty five yard touchdown run. Uh, it was uh, he's playing unreal. He's playing phenomenal. Uh, football right now, running, passing the football. They had so many weapons on the passing, receiving end of it. Sammy Watkins had a day. Tyree Kill, oh, yeah. hard to stop. You have you Williams, know. Robinson, you start Kelsey. I Kelsey. Mean, you have all these guys like Hardman and uh, Thompson, Robin, Sherman. Robinson, who are like second-tier guys, and they're, yeah. they're just quick. They got a lot of quickness on their offense, and uh, Tennessee tried to hang in there, and they just couldn't stop it. No, and I don't think it's really at the fault of any one person in Tennessee. Did the best they could. And simply put, too, they didn't have any more tricks in the bag. Yeah. They ran out of tricks. Like I said, they were playing. I've been saying it for two weeks. They're playing with house money. They weren't expected to beat the Patriots. They did. They weren't expected to go into Baltimore and beat the Ravens. They did. They like, mercilessly beat them. There's, was... a, there's a lot to like be happy with, and there's a lot to yeah. build off of for next year. Um, it just still raises the question, like you know, because there's rumors now after this game, does Brady go to Tennessee? No. And do they? I I tend to. I don't think how you can. I don't think you can turn your back on Tannehill. He saved your season and made you an AFC Championship, and it got you to the AFC Championship game. Uh, Tannehill. They should could serve as a long-term quarterback. They'll give him a good after. extension, like a three, three, four-year extension. Unless they get lucky with a trade or or something, you know, I I would I would invest in Tannehill and just build around him. But I will say, yeah, we saw this a few years ago. This reminds me a lot of the uh, which one call the Vikings a few years ago. Yeah, Case Keenum came in and did phenomenally. He was exactly what we thought, which is what Tannehill is. He was like yeah. a good fill-in guy, yeah. but he led that team to big things. Yep, led them to the miracle in uh, Minnesota miracle. Yep, and then they turned around and signed um, Kirk Cousins to a yep. big contract and let Keenum walk. They made you the same thing with. Tannehill. I hope not, though. 
I hope not. They and honestly, I think you know, I like um, Kirk Cousins, but I lo- Case Keenum was perfect in that system. Yeah. And I think the same thing is true. Tannehill is perfect there, and like they play well. I think they both need each other. To be honest yeah. with you, um, but it does make me nervous a little bit with Brady because. He likes Mike Vrabel. He likes. You know, he's Brady's not going to move though. I think that's a dead debate, to be honest with you. Oh no! By the way, good job for the Vikings. Uh, good job with the Chiefs. Not um, Vikings. The not Titans. Sorry, Titans. You're talking about Vikings. I talked about the Vikings. Uh, my bad. But yeah, good job with the Titans. Um, you know, everybody did. I have nothing bad to say about this game. There yeah. weren't there weren't many glaring mistakes that were idiotic. Yeah, you know. there was a couple. They just couldn't get it done. They couldn't make a play. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, you're you're not going to outscore the Chiefs if ever. It's hard. So, and didn't and they were the ones that did it once during the season. So, I mean, you know, they tried. It's hard, but good season. And now let's move on. Oh, let's move on. <laughs> so you can set it up. Packers, San Francisco, Packers, 49ers. So the Packers lost. They lost in every area of the football, did offensively they? and defensively. <laughs> yes, I was thrilled. They did. That was. They did. Uh, they tried make it a little bit of a game at the end. No, they, they tried, but I mean, they scored they nothing in the, the first game. half. So I mean, there was there was no. They were losing twenty-seven to nothing. Yeah. in the first half, I was. I told you it was going to be a. I think it, I didn't think they were going to be close. I thought it was no. going to be like a seventeen-point game or something like yeah. that. It was right around that. Oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, but uh, um. It but, was a seventeen point game. I yeah. said it was, I think I said it was going to be right around there, like a two score, yeah. two to three score game. Because there's no way the Packers can compete with the Forty ers The Forty ers are better in every area of the football. It, it's it's that simple. Um, good good job to. But this is something else too with the Forty ers They've had some games where they did a lot passing and they did a lot rushing, and then you got Mostert again, because he came a couple times during the season coming out of nowhere. Um, I don't know why you're laughing, but 220 yards rushing. Are you kidding me? It and I, are you kidding? The thing about Mostert, uh, I the I mean the 49ers that I they just I've switch said, up people, man. They, they just, have that four-headed monster in uh, that running back. Now, I like to say that uh, just uh, I saw this uh, from that game. Yeah, he. Make it, he really makes the most of it. Like he was not like yeah. a high. He's not like a top guy before the season on many people's radar. No, and he's really had some big games. He has a few facts for you. He has record set in that game. Yeah, two hundred twenty rushing yards. That's a team record, and that's yep. second most in any NFL playoff game. Wow. Uh, four touchdowns, most in an NFC Championship game, tied for second most in an NFL playoff game. Wow. That's like he had a day. It was pretty awesome. I had him on my fantasy team, so I mm-hmm. I, I support support. Him. Yeah, unfortunately, he couldn't do that during the <laughs> during the season. <laughs> you know, you win some, you lose some. But but it's so hard to stop these guys because you don't know who's going to be running. The that thing team. I'm going to say is that they really depend on the running game. I yeah. I really do. Like Jimmy G threw the ball eight times. That was another weird thing. I'm he surprised threw he threw the more. ball. I mean, when you score, when you rush over 200 yards, I think you're going to give him the ball. True. You know what I mean, like you're but, not wrong. The dude threw it eight times. Yeah. Like it's not like 
And Jimmy G's leading the like he is leading the team, but he he's not getting it done with the arm. They're getting no. it done with the through the ground. And something to consider is I don't think that's going to work against the Chiefs. No, I, I, th- that's that's their big problem right here. So I they they might get somebody to 120, maybe 150 yards, but you're not going to do 220. I would be surprised if you saw somebody more than 100. Well, yards. no one sees 220. But, that's like but unheard but of. but that's what I'm saying is you're you're maybe going to see 100 yards. Yeah, uh, somebody I bet. have a big day against the Chiefs, but it's going to have to be the passing game. But the 49ers have the they again have the roster to make it happen. See, my so, thing is. When, like, for example, when the Chiefs had yeah. a week to prepare for yeah. um, for the running game for the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. They had a week to focus on that. But there was only one guy. Yeah. The 49ers, they do have two weeks to prepare for the 49ers. But you don't know who they're going to feature as their leading back. No. You have no idea. It could be Breda. It could yep. be Coleman. It could be Mozart. Uh, Mozart. Mozart. It could be Mozart. <laughs> We know what you mean. It could be Mozart. Play a little music. Uh, geez. <laughs> what All is right, wrong let's move with on me today? Uh, <laughs> but my point is, you don't know who it's going to be in that yeah. day. And if you, you, you try to prepare for as many as you can, and then as soon as you spend all that time focusing on the running game, Jimmy G's going to get some cheap passes, like a couple over the top to Debo Samuel, get some yep. big passes to George Kittle. Like th- th- then they're open. It just opens up everything. It, oh, yeah. It's so beneficial to have that those three guys uh, in the running game. It's like it's yeah. unbelievable, and it also helps when you have a top defense on the other side oh, yeah. of football that enables them offensively to be so good as they right. can just they can get pound. takeaways. They can get oh yeah awesome. pound the quarterback, which is going to be huge if they can get hits on uh, Patrick Mahomes. That's going to be huge for them. Well, that was that was going to be I guess kind of leading up I guess to our. To, to, to one of the topics is going to be, and we'll, we'll be discussing this more before the playoff, uh, before the uh, Super Bowl. But that's the thing for people to watch out for is how aggressive they are on putting pressure on quarterbacks. Yeah. And this this game is going to be more, I would say, Mahomes dependent over anything else. If Mahomes can overcome that rush, yeah, they, they the Chiefs have a chance. They get a, they get a decent shot. Yeah, if he succumbs to that pressure, it's over. Because yeah. the Chief, I, I don't think the Chiefs' defense are going to be able to stop the 49ers offensively that often. Might get yeah. a couple of stops, but it's not going to be like we saw a couple of Super Bowls where it was just just defensive game all the way. This is going to be quite the opposite. This well, might be a big shootout. I said, I mean, like like you said, we're going to do a, next week. We're going to do yeah. since it's the Pro Bowl this week, and well, we got so, it's the biggest waste be, of time. Pro Bowl is the biggest. I also waste don't understand that either. That seems like it's a great way to get people. Biggest hurt for no waste of time I've ever seen in my life. The Pro Bowl is almost as bad as the NBA All Star Game. It's almost as bad, if not. But it like doesn't equal. serve a good purpose. It doesn't make any it's sense. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of everyone's I'll just time. Just make it like an awards ceremony and call it a day. They do have that. Before the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just, just, just do that. Um, but we'll do a Super Bowl yeah. preview next week. Yeah, we, we got uh, a lot. But with that being said, I do think it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting game. I, it's I don't gonna know. be a fantastic game. To I watch. got a lot to digest still and see like previewing this game, but uh also every team I root for always loses, except for the 49ers apparently. Uh but I'm nervous to root for them because I want them to win. But I also don't want them to lose, so I may root, say I'm picking the Chiefs just to <laughs> be safe. 
Well, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see what happens. But uh, I'm okay with either, either team winning, to be honest with you. Yeah, I really don't I'm... care. I was talking with a buddy. How yeah. much of like, how good do you feel? Like, I feel like I'm ticked off that what, the Patriots relieved, lost, though? but I have no stress. I haven't gone through a postseason so, without stress in four years. Well, three I was going to say we've had several uh, Super Bowls where we've been hanging out, and it's been a roller coaster. I probably lost six months of my life just Literally, from my heart rate going all over the place between last year's Super Bowl, the yep. Eagles Super Bowl, and the uh, Falcons oh, comeback Super Bowl. Yeah. Not to mention the Seahawks Super Bowl. Uh, I'm gonna die by the age of thir- like thirty. Yeah, I- I'm. I'm so. I. I. But it feels like I don't care. Like the Titans yeah. lost, I was disappointed. I woke up the next day. I was like, "All right, what's for breakfast?" I don't really care. <laughs> Eagles beat us. I didn't eat for a week. I didn't sleep for a week. I was so depressed. But anyways, it uh, feels great. It, yeah. feels, it feels great. Agreed. Um, so that about wraps it up. We'll talk more about that next week. Yeah. But for our first ever week weekly, yeah. I like the weekly weekly recap. Well, let's make a transition. Um, we decided to talk about the biggest game. I we think yeah. I, I think uh, of the week NBA. Celtics demolished the Lakers. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't even close. It really wasn't. It was awesome to see LeBron and AD and the Lakers lose uh, in grand fashion. And it wasn't even. It it was. And everyone talked about how it was going to be a blowout the other way. And let me tell you, the Celtics really showed them. Uh, they won 139 to 107. Uh, and wow. I got nervous in the beginning of the game. I watched the whole game through. And the I think the Lakers went out. I mean, they got the tip and, like, did an alley-oop dunk right off the bat. Yeah. And I think they went on an 8-0 or o run or a 10-0 run. And then I was like, oh, geez. And then they got an and one. I think it was uh, Jalen Brown or Gordon Hayward got an and one to get – get us going and everyone had a good day. Jason Tatum, 27 points, six, uh, five rebounds, three assists. Uh, Brown and Kemba both had 20. Ennis Canner, who deserves a lot of credit. doesn't 18. get a lot of credit. He had 18 and 11. Wow. And my boy Gordon Hayward has 16 and a quiet 16 and five, a six and five. Still good though. I, I really good. didn't think he scored a lot. And then all of a sudden they showed a stat line on the bottom, like at the end of the game and he had 16. I was like, how did he have 16 points? It was a quiet 16. It was overshadowed by Tatum and Brown and Kemba. T- yeah. Speaking of which, Brown destroyed LeBron James. You see that video? No. He's, he's Oh my God. He absolutely demolished, dunked on him. And he got a technical for it, but I, oh. which was kind of stupid, but I, it was awesome. He dunked on him, and then <laughs> it was just a good all-around team win. AD looked. I mean, it was his first game back. First game back in five days. Um, he sat out five games with his injury. Yeah. He didn't look himself. He got into early foul trouble, so he sat early. But he only he, he only put up nine points. Yeah, he missed a ton of shots and like did basically did nothing. Uh, LeBron had 15 and 13 and 7. I mean, he had didn't score a lot, but also that had to do with... He played 29 minutes, actually. But I feel like they did a good job containing him, uh, making him pass the ball. JaVale McGee had 18 points, which is crazy. That man is... I don't know. I can't say. Um, 
It was just like an all-around great team win, and it was good to go in. I mean, a lot of doubts have been said about this Celtics yeah. team, and it they was nice it. for them to come in and shut down who many believe is the favorites to win the NBA title. So the question becomes, what's the deficiency with the Lakers? Is Anthony Davis being this injured slash in a funk? Is it, it was was that, I think, the main problem, or what was the main for the Lakers, um, like why are they not? I think it was a very off night for them. Uh, they also showed that they don't have a playmaker when LeBron's on off the court. They need to get one. So uh, they're which, dependent on it. They're all... very dependent on LeBron yeah. James, and they depend on him to make the play, uh, to find the open guy. I mean, they got some good shoot. Like Danny Green's a pretty good shooter. Um, yeah. But, I mean... It's like I mean, you expect that Rondo had to hit some threes, which I wouldn't trust him to hit threes. Um, Avery Bradley, you know, can shoot a little, not really. He's like a mid-range shooter. Codwell Poe, kind of a mid-range guy. Kuzma is doesn't really play well. He could be traded at the deadline because really? uh, he doesn't really like with Anthony Davis playing. I mean, he played big with Anthony Davis playing, but I don't know. I just I feel like they got a lot of like big bodies in there. Yeah. And they needed some guys to spread the floor. I yeah. think that could be a problem. Okay. Coming down the stretch. They need a playmaker. Mm-hmm. Which we'll we have a segment coming up about, about the trade deadline coming yeah. up. Uh but so I, the, they need a playmaker. Well, let's segue to the other way. What do you think the the Celtics are doing right? What are they Uh they're playing well uh together. I think the chemistry is better. They're rebounding better. Okay. Um, and I, I mean, first of all, they made a lot of shots. They, they were making their shots like they were, they were making a lot of shots. Like their field goal percentage yeah, was their, pretty their, good. Their accuracy was, a lot um, they're passing the ball. Well, they're playing well off each other. Yeah. And I mean, you had everyone there. I mean, a lot True. of these games yeah. they lost, like the game before that they lost, they weren't, didn't have Kemba or Brown. They missed. Brown for a few week games. They had missed Kemba for a few games. They missed Tatum yeah. for a few games. But they didn't have their full strength. So True. I feel like they, they're they starting, like that's the sign of when everyone plays. My yeah. only concern is I don't think, I still don't think they have enough to win an NBA title. Really? I don't. I don't. I, pay, I hope they do. But I, I in a seven-game series, going down for a long season, I just don't see it. Oh. I, I like the Lakers. Like blowing them out was awesome in their own. That yeah. was a big like see you later. And I, we'll have to see how the end of the season happened. Like yeah, turns out. But I mean, the regular season it's the regular season for a reason. I think that the Celtics need another um, scorer, like big man knockdown. The knock. I mean, they're rebounding pretty well without. Right now, like yeah. I, I've been a big proponent of getting a guy like Steven Adams and getting a rebounder shot blocker, yeah. but for what you need to give up for them, which is like a Gordon Hayward type, I, I just don't see it. I really don't. I think they should get a guy and I mean, I'll talk, I don't want to tell the guy I want them to go get until in the segment, but no. they need a shooter. They need a okay. guy off the bench. They need scoring off the bench is what I tell you. Okay. Cause right now they're starting Hayward, Tatum, Tice, Brown, Kemba. Yeah. I think that's what they they think that's what they're doing. Yeah. And Marcus Smart is not a scorer off the bench. Canner will get you a pretty good low post score because he just stays around there. But 
after that, they don't have a scoring guy off the bench. I mean, Grant Williams, defensive guy. Brad Watermaker is like a, you know, he's okay. Romeo Langford, I'm sure they want him to develop into a scoring guy. Yeah. I mean, that that's it. Like, like these other, Semi played a lot of minutes in that game, but he doesn't really play. That's it, off the bench. Like, they don't really yeah, get true. a lot of score. So I'd like to see them get a three-point shooter that, can hit some big sh- a veteran big three point shooter that can hit yeah. some big shots in the corner. Okay. Uh but I will tell I will tell that person later in the show. Nice. I have a guy picked out, but I don't know if they can get him. Um I don't know if this team is willing to part ways with him yet, but okay. we'll see. So that wraps up uh weekend recap. We're gonna get into our next segment, picks of the week. This is our picks of the week. So for picks of the week, obviously we're not going to choose the Pro Bowl game because it's going to be a waste of time. Uh, so we're decided to each pick a game, any game in the world of professional sports. Uh, for my pick, I'm going the Clippers over the Lakers this week. L.A. battle of L.A. Uh, Clippers came up on top the last time. I think they're going to continue on top this game. Uh, Lakers, I mean, Anthony Davis, we just said, uh, I don't think he's back to form completely. And as long as Kawhi and Paul George play, I think uh, I think it would be I think they can pull out on top. At least one of them plays. I think they can pull it off. Yeah, I'm with that. I'm with that. I'm gonna pick the Celtics over the Pelicans. Celtics coming off pretty hot after the Lakers win. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Grizzlies win. Yeah, yeah, true, true win. that too. I didn't really get to watch that. Um, they but, dominated. But yeah, the Celtics overall, I guess, are a better team than the Pelicans. They have a better record. We'll see what happens. Uh, I, I, you know, I like teams that are coming off hot after a win that wasn't really, I guess, expected as much. So mm-hmm. I like it. Keep it going. I hope you're right. Pelicans do did get back Zion Williamson and true. He, true. Zion played unbelievable. As, uh, well, he. But will he's, it be he has, He's Is as advertised, I think. I would say not exceeding, um, not undervalued. No, no not. he is. He's a, He's unreal. He's a stud. He's going to be a stud in the NBA. I don't NBA. know if he'll be enough, but we'll find uh, out. We'll find out. We'll see on um, So, yeah, that's our Picks of the Week. Uh, for our next segment, a uh, quick Picks of the Week. Uh, for our next segment, we decided, as I said, to go over the NBA trade deadline is coming up. And there's a couple of players that are on the fence. Uh, not on the fence, but uh, rumored to be traded and see who who could go where. So we yeah. decided to pick some players and talk about them. Uh, James is going to rattle off some guys, yep. and uh, I'm going to say that they stay, get traded, and possible landing spots for these fine players. All right, let's start at the top here. Uh, Steven Adams, what do you think is going to happen with this guy? Now, Steven Adams, I have been big on saying Celtics should trade Gordon Hayward for Steven Adams. Really? Because I, I really want to rebound. I really want shot blocking. I think he's he's young. He's a little bit cheaper than Gordon Hayward. He is a free agent after this year. Excuse me. But he um he's a really talented guy. He's a he's a good big and I think the Celtics could have used him. However, oh I think they've been getting it done enough with rebounding. I really do. And I think they need more of a scoring. And Gordon Hayward brings the scoring. Um, and then if you got rid of him, I don't know. I, I just, I, I think, I think one, I don't think the Celtics should move 
Gordon Hayward for Stephen Adams, which they have to for contract like salary yeah. matching reasons. And number two, if you asked me this at the beginning of the season, I'd say the the uh, the excuse me, the Thunder would do it in a heartbeat. But now, I mean, I think they maybe still would do that. But now, the Thunder, who were thought that were going to be terrible, they're seven in the uh, the West. Yeah, which is they're up there. It's like they have a shot. Like they they're yeah. supposed to be terrible this year, and they're playing pretty well. Which I know. I mean, I can it's cheat. Still a, a little I, early though. I can cheat ahead. I mean, they're twenty six and nineteen right now. Um, they're two games behind the Rockets, who were supposed yeah. to be one of the top teams yeah. in the league, uh, in the West. Excuse me. Uh, I'm still in the league, but in the league, yeah. But in the West, I'm thinking like talking strictly the West. Yeah. Uh, so I'm shocked to be honest with you that how well they're playing together. Yeah. Uh, it helps when the Warriors are terrible this year, and uh, so that gives another team to move up. But I'm yeah. I'm shocked that the Thunder is they're playing as well as they are. Uh, I think they'll taper off right around there, seven or okay. eight. So they're gonna make the playoffs, I believe, especially yeah. if they hold Stan Pat, which I think is what they're going to do. I don't think they're gonna move Stephen Adams. I don't think they're gonna move Chris Paul, which I know I'm skipping ahead on the list. He's number two on our list for being moved. I think they hold on to him and try to make a playoff push. I okay. really do, but. I argue this may it depends on if you're a player and coach and a fan you obviously want them to make a playoff push. Yeah. If you're a GM, do you really want your team to be an eight seed, get bounced in the last round, uh, in the first round, and get a bad draft pick in the first round, like yeah, bad first thing. round draft pick? It's tough. Like it's tough. If you can't go all the way to win it. Do you want to sacrifice next year? Right. Would yeah. you rather be? A, and that's the whole thing of tanking. I don't know. I think they're gonna try to make a playoff push. I really do. Especially the year after they were supposed to be bad. Like they're just supposed to be yeah. terrible. Well, the record's good enough to do it. And the, like I think they could catch the rock. Like the Rockets may turn it on at the end, but the Mavericks like they could fall or stay the yeah. same. They're right in the middle at five. Like they're at five. Um. So they're right in the middle with the Nuggets. Um, I I just think, I think they stay pat. I think Stephen Adams. If you asked me three months, uh, two months ago, I'd say that Chris Paul and Stephen Adams are gone, playing for a different team. But they have a chance. Yeah, they have a chance to make the playoffs. They have a chance to you know do some big things, especially if they stay the seventh or sixth seed. Yeah, you may get to play the. I mean, the Jazz are playing phenomenally, and the Clippers are playing really well, but. If you get a chance to play maybe the Jazz and you skip out on the Clippers and the Lakers first round and you get like somehow make your way past the Jazz, which are a little unexperienced, maybe second round you get that. Yeah. Get a little momentum going. You know? And maybe that first round team like a, like a Spurs somehow yeah. wins and beats that higher. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I think they stand pat and Steven Adams, Chris Paul are playing for Oklahoma City. At the end of the trade deadline. All right, so I guess you also answer for Chris Paul then. Yeah, I think both of them. I, I, because yeah. they're both okay. on the same team, I think that yeah. they stay stay, stay pat. Okay, I'm with it. Uh, change of gears, Kevin Love. Now, Kevin Love is obviously opposite yeah. of them, of the, well, I should say the Cavaliers. Yeah. They're terrible. Uh, and he's just wasting away on the Cavaliers team. He's probably going to go to a team that is a playoff team. 
Um, and probably could use a little bit of rebounding and scoring. Uh, looking at playoff teams that are bad in in that in just that is the rebound rebounding wise. Yeah. Uh, one team that's actually towards the bottom is Pacers and Thunder. I don't know if that's really a good fit for him. I've heard the Suns may try to go after him. Okay, I'm not really sure where he'll end up. Kind of a cool for me. I, it'd be interesting how the money worked out, which I think you could maybe finagle. Uh, the Miami Heat. It'd be kind of cool to get oh, him okay, yep, have yep. a veteran person in the Miami Heat because uh, they're all young. They all yeah, have yeah. low salaries, um, except for Jimmy Butler. Yeah. So it'd be kind of good to add a guy like that. I don't know what you, they'd have to give up. Maybe picks. Yeah. And maybe a couple players, like a young player and some okay. picks. Okay. Yep. Uh, but I, I, it's pretty safe to say Kevin Love will be traded because he's getting paid a lot of money. Him and I think Tristan Thompson will stay put, but they're gonna have to dump Tristan Th- Thompson's contract. Yeah. Um, but Kevin Love needs will probably be traded by the deadline. Okay. Uh, what about Andre? Andre Iguodala. I don't think he gets traded, but I think he's really? bought out. I think. He, what, what do you mean? The, well, the way they do uh, in the NBA, they do contract buyouts yeah. after the trade deadline. So basically, if you're not traded, a lot of people there's another wave of action and contract and they're called the contract buyout and if they just basically the teams mutually agree to buy out your contract so they'll pay you what they owe you and then you can leave as a free agent and go to a different team so i think Iguodala will probably do that and he'll probably go to a team like the lakers or the clippers just a playoff team that needs some defense and some veteran presence off the bench okay um i think he could do that i think he ends up at one of those la teams probably the lakers because everyone wants to play with lebron um, True. but I don't think he gets traded. The Grizzlies may be able to trade him, and I think if they can trade him, they should. But they're probably, they're probably not. They're probably. Is there anybody that would be a good trade for him that stands out, or not really? I, I don't think many teams want because I think everyone knows he wants to go to the Lakers and or yeah. go to a playoff. I I just think that I think he's a contract. He has all the makings okay. of being a contract buyout guy. Fair enough. Fair enough. What about J.J. Redick, then? J.J. Redick is my, I, I mean, again, look. At, I, when I look at if a guy's going to be traded, I like to look at how they're doing in the standings. And, like, is a team willing to trade part ways with you? Yeah. Um, the Pelicans just got Zion back. Yes. And they are four games out of the eighth seed in yeah. the West. Now, it's going to be interesting in the next few weeks if they make a late push or they don't make a late push for the play, I, it's they got to see how the next few weeks go. Yeah. If it continues the way they are going right now, where mm-hmm. they, I mean, they're they playing pretty well, but like if they, you know, win a couple games and lose like five, they do that. No, no. I think he gets traded. Now to no. where this is my hot pick for the Celtics to go after JJ Redick. I think the Celtics should really? target him. Why? Because he's going to be exactly what I said. A three-point scorer gets him offense off the bench. I think they need that. I think he brings that veteran leadership. I think he's what the Celtics are missing. I think they he's one of the things really? the Celtics are mis- missing. I think he mm. would be a good off-the-bench scorer, get you 15 okay. a game, and come in with a second unit with Marcus Smart okay. and Ennis Cantor and help help give be able to give those guys like... Brown, Tatum, and Hayward some rest. Yeah. Akemba 
some rest down the stretch. Okay. So I think I hope he gets traded to the Celtics, and I think they may trade him, uh, especially because they're going with the youth down there. Uh, they just signed him, but if it's not going anywhere, like in the next few weeks, I think they're going to call it and trade him and try to get a good draft pick. Okay, let's move on to uh, Derek Rose then. Derek Rose, I think, gets traded to the Lakers. I think he, they need a playmaker. Uh, they, I think the Lakers should trade for Derek Rose. Uh, the Pistons aren't going anywhere. They don't need him. Uh, Derek Rose should be on a playoff team. I think he's a veteran that brings that. I think a lot of playoff teams okay. around the trade deadline look for those veteran pieces to kind of help round out their roster. Yeah. So I think that that is what the Lakers need. Like I said, they need a playmaker yeah. to help when LeBron's not in. Derek Rose is perfect for that. He fits the mold for a Laker. I think he gets traded to the Lakers. Let's do two more. I think okay. two more is good. Uh, then, well, we we kind of mentioned him earlier, but Gordon Hayward. It's tough. It's tough. Him, Gordon Hayward is a tough decision for the Celtics because you got to look. He's, he's bringing some scoring. It's like around 16 points. Because it's not like he's not performing. It's like, like around is. 16 points, 17 points a game. Um, fine. The thing is, he's a high-paid player, so if you're going to bring in a guy, big rebounding guy or big name or big yeah. contract, he's probably going to be the guy that gets traded. Like, if you're trading for Steven Adams... He's probably going to be gone. Uh, and I would probably do that. I'd lean to do that. Gordon's like 32, 30, I think 32 is around there. Yeah. And he's going into his player option year, so he could easily opt out and leave next year. Uh, and also, he's getting paid a ton of money next year. So, okay. Stephen Adams is paid $27 million and he's 27 years old. So, I would take a chance on Stephen Adams, potentially. And yeah. it also, But you're also really thinning your... Your depth at the wing position, which yeah. you have three solid wing players in Hayward, Tatum, and Brown. Yeah. I tend to leave that going okay. into the playoffs. I kind of like that. I mean, it, some argue that it would l- open up Tatum and Brown a little more and let them have a little more freedom and probably expand their scoring. But I think you need some veteran guys. I think you need, I, I would keep them. I tend to, unless you're getting a lot in return, I think I'd keep. I'd hold on to Gordon Hayward, but he could very well be traded. If they get a guy like Steven Adams, he's gone. Okay. And uh, do you want one more? Or we can do this guy is probably one of the most talked about. What Andre people. Drummond? Yeah. 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 Andre Drummond is, you know, like I said, the Pistons aren't going anywhere. No. He's getting paid a boatload of money, and he probably will be traded. I'm not sure where. I know the Celtics have been rumored, uh, and I hope they don't. I hope they don't trade him. I hope they him. don't. I don't want him. I think he's overpaid. Uh, he's one-dimensional. Dude can't hit his free throws. He's been in the league for like eight, nine years. He can't hit free throws. All right, um, he re- They say he's a rebounding specialist. He does get a lot of rebounds, but well, that's pretty much that. it. That's pretty much I mean, they don't have it. Well, they don't have a guy that's going to eat up a ton of boards, but mm-hmm. I think they're doing they're, enough yeah. with what they have. Yeah, they're doing well enough at it. It's not like that's the, that's not the big deficiency here yeah so i don't i think he does end up getting traded because i think the pistons want to get rid of that contract from their from their cap um and they want to tank and they want to get a good draft pick and they have blake griffin shut down they'll probably have him they don't want him getting hurt so i think he gets traded but i hope the celtics don't go after him and it's it's going to be interesting if he gets traded where he goes a lot of times though you know, we talk about all these people get traded. 
the big names never get traded at the deadline. No. It's like they get traded in the offseason, but they yeah. don't get traded like superstar guys like Chris Paul, Steven Adams, uh Gordon Hayward, well Gordon Hayward possibly uh, like but Drummond, these guys no. probably aren't going to get traded at the deadline as much as people no. want them to. It's very uncommon like the one that comes to mind is Boogie Cousins got traded to the Pelicans, but other than that, it's like hard to think of people that were big names traded at the deadline, yeah. like in their prime players. So I don't know. I I think that you know everyone gets, especially Celtics fans, always say, "Oh, we're gonna make a big trade this trade deadline. Danny's gonna do something. He's gonna work his magic." I mean, I, oh, and Isaiah Thomas was probably the next biggest trade deadline guy acquired yeah. guy that we've had. So you've had like for the Celtics anyway, um, but I don't know. I don't do. I think these are just people I think that could be traded. Yeah. More than likely, I think most of them end up staying where they are. Like, and yeah. maybe some get bought maybe out. A couple on the list. Couple get bought out, but like a guy like yeah. Derek Rose, who's not like the big guy, like a yeah. superstar anymore. He could be traded. Yeah. That's like a write up. JJ Redick, a JJ Redick, he yeah. could be traded. A Kevin, a Kevin Love. You have to be who, like in a middle pack kind of thing. Kevin Love, a... who's really good, could be yeah. traded because they want to get rid of him. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we'll see. We'll see how how it turns out, but um, should should be interesting. All right. So do we want to transition? Yep. To now, we we want to do a little bit of a discussion about the MLB Hall of Fame. Yep. Um, th- there's a few different topics within this. I know you were you came in pretty passionate about this. Yes. Earlier, you were really heated up. You were really fired up about it. Yep. So uh, I'll, I'll probably give the floor to you. And I, I do have a few things to say, but I'm not nearly. <laughs> well, as... I'll tell you. I'll tell you first. Um, congratulations to Derek Jeter and Larry Walker. Yeah. Uh, they got in. Larry's a first ballot uh, Hall of Famer, which uh, Larry Derek, Derek Jeter, Jeter Jeter is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. Uh, which is expected. Yeah. Uh, Larry Walker was a last chance ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. He was on his last year. Uh, but one of the big controversies here is Derek Jeter missed being a unanimous Hall of Famer by one vote. One person. So he one got, person decided no. So one person did not vote for him. Well, that's like they just shocking. didn't didn't vote for him. So he had 99.7% of the vote. Because out of out of a lot of people, Derek Jeter is the obvious one. He's an obvious first ballot Hall yeah. of Famer. Like whether you like him, whether you hate him, you have to respect him. And he's also, like everywhere. I think some of it comes from like the old timer uh, way of voting, where they say, "Oh, Lou Gehrig wasn't a unanimous Hall of Famer. Ba- uh, Babe Ruth wasn't a unanimous Hall of Famer." Like the yeah. first, you un- remember the first unanimous Hall of Famer was last year with Mo. Yeah, and he was it was it. But this one and this one guy that didn't vote for Jeter voted for him last year. Yeah. So I don't know if that was it. Does I, it really matter though? That's I guess the other side of the question. Does it really matter? Yeah, I like a lot of people are really upset about this. And to be fair, like yeah, it's kind of stupid that he didn't vote for him. But he is a Hall of Fame. It's not like he's not a Hall of Famer. No, he's still there. He's still there. It's you know people are saying he shouldn't. He should lose his right to vote for the Hall of Fame. I would I would ask him why if I had a chance to ask him I say he had good reasoning. But... He could you have a bad reason and if he just had a reason that was like legit like that's what he thought. 
what? Who am I? Like he can say like, oh, Derek. I think Derek Jeter's overrated. I don't think he was this, 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 which I don't yeah. agree with. But that's the thing about this country, which a lot of people forget nowadays. You can have a difference in opinion oh, yeah. and just say, okay, agree to disagree. Yeah, that's fine. Just agree to disagree. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I disagree with him wholeheartedly. And oh, yeah. Derek Jeter, you know, when you think it's professionalism, class, and a very good player for many years. He was the poster boy for the MLB for a while. Post. He was a poster boy. He, he was the guy that was on all the front of all the uh, games and everything, and he, he was everywhere. Yeah, you couldn't get away from him. So, but, I do. I th- I think it's stupid that he didn't get a, all the yeah. votes. I think that is stupid. All but one. Yeah, I mean, I if I had a vote, I'd say Derek Jeter definitely deserves it. Oh yeah, but. Now, I'm less concerned about that. This is where I, yeah. I get concerned about. Kurt Schilling, who was on his eighth ballot, and, I mean, you could drop it to Clemens and Bonds, but I yeah. I have a s- certain tie with Clem- uh, Schilling because he was in, on like, my growing up, he was on the yeah. Boston Red Sox. I got to see him pitch and, like, see his dominance. He was yeah. a dominant po- postseason and a dominant pitcher, but dominant postseason pitcher. He has so many big games. He has three rings. Yep. And the thing is, all those three rings, he was a he was a dominant force in all of them. He was a dominant force. It's he has he has a World Series MVP. Yeah. Three World Series, and one of them he was the MVP. Six time All Star. He he has a pretty good win loss record. He dominated on multiple teams. Yeah. All the stats are in his favor. And this guy is not a Hall of Famer. Eight votes. Eight and, out of how many? He, well, he's had eight. No, he ha, he's been on the I've ballot eight, eight times, times, I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, and he only have 10. A lot oh, of people are allowed 10. You're only allowed 10 times to be on the ballot, which I think is 10 times too, well, nine times too much. This is the problem with Kurt Schilling. Like, what has he done? Every year he's getting more votes. What has he done for his playing career in the last eight years that deserve more votes? Nothing. Nothing. His playing career is done. Bonds is getting yeah. more... The Bonds and Clements are a significant increase in votes from this year to last year. Like, huh. what is what have they done in the last year? Uh, but the whole system is screwy, though. Uh, Barry Bonds last year got fifty nine. Barry Bonds got fifty nine point one, and Clemens got fifty nine point five, and Kurt got sixty point nine last year. Yeah. Kurt Schilling got seventy percent of the vote. Clemens got 61, Bonds got 60%. They each increased probably around 10%. Yeah. What did they did? What did they do playing-wise? Did Bonds have another 50 home run year or something? No. But there's this weird thing, though, that they like to glorify them after everything's happened. You know what I mean? Like, after they're out, they kind of want to make them into something bigger than they were or something else, or they don't recognize talent when it is there. And, like, my problem with it is... Like, from an outside, like, a general perspective with the 10-vote thing, either you're a Hall of Famer or you're not. You don't need 10 years to figure out, oh, like, this year there's not really a lot of people on the ballot, so he'll get in this year. This year you there's... so many people to pull from. I mean, it should be relatively obvious every year. Yeah. and But my other problem is where I think the 10-year thing is good is for guys like Kurt Schilling or even Clemens or Bonds, do you want to say that? Yeah. Where Kurt Schilling, and the thing that's irritating about Kurt Schilling, you can say what you want. He didn't cheat. He didn't use no. roids. He didn't no. do this. He was dominant. You don't. He's not in because of his beliefs, and he's kind of a 
for lack of a better word. He's not popular with He's not uh, popular with the, the sports right and with yeah. the media. He's not a media guy. Yeah. So you're punishing him in, for his po and they're using the character clause, which is stupid because the character clause didn't kick in when he was playing. But this it's, all should have been done years ago when he was playing, though. Right. Well, it didn't happen when he was playing. It's happening now. But yeah, but that, that's what I'm saying. He should have been voted in. Well, that's just the vote. Like, you need yeah. five years of not playing to be on the ballot. See, that's stupid. Yeah. The whole system, to me, is just so idiotic. So, but, Especially when you have to rely on... Basically, all the people that get votes are, what, prominent sports writers? Yeah. Why? And who, who gets to pick which sports writers? The Hall of Fame committee? I'm not sure. Then who gets that's on the Hall question. of Fame committee? That, that's that's my thing is this whole thing. It, it, granted, every other sport is arbitrary. Don't get me wrong. But this seems even way more arbitrary than anything else. I mean, it is. It's all opinion. Oh. It's like, do you think this person, these guys yeah. that probably never played baseball except for Little yeah. League baseball in their lives and just write about it and watch a lot of baseball get to choose this. Yeah. But the fact that Kurt Schilling, three-time World Series champion, Two different teams, one-time MVP of the World Series, is not in the Hall of Fame after eight votes is a sham. It, yeah. is, it is absolutely terrible. It's terrible. It's like, stop and, it. And the only reason it's not in is, because, is for a it's reason beliefs. that's stupid. It is. But you got to be able to separate. We're not going to get into politics here, but like you got to be able to separate players from their beliefs or personal stuff, whether it's politics or religion or whatever. But that never d takes away from what he did on the field, which what he did on the field was something that very few people have ever done. Right. You know, that's not something any pitcher can go up there and do. Not though, as anybody, no. So I, I get I get where you're coming I'm, from on that. I would extend an olive branch, too, on guys like Bonds and Clemens. Yeah. Did they cheat? Yeah, they used roids. Yeah. Do I think they should be in the Hall of Fame? I'd say so. I mean, it's hard. It's a it's a tricky subject because you have like people say on one yeah. hand, and I see I hear their thing. He cheated. Yes. He did all this stuff. Yeah. Yes. When I think well, of home runs, I think of Barry Bonds. Like that's just how it is. Like that's he was a dominant player. I I guess there's two different things here. Number one, it's not that they cheated; it's that they got caught cheating. Because there were other people, we both know. Oh, yeah. There, there were definitely... other people in the league that were cheating that, that still have that. So that's not really as relevant as that they were, ca they were caught cheating, number one. But number two, to what percentage did the steroids give them an edge? And did the steroids get all the credit? Because they still hit the ball. They still did the practice. They still did the time. Were they able to hit it a little farther? Yeah. And I'm even willing to say even a lot farther. But you know what? They still did earn it. You could put an asterisk next to them and be like, hey... This was during the, the, the time in the, 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 the era in the MLB where they were going after people using steroids or PEDs, performance-enhancing drugs, you know, to use a more modern term. Yeah. Um, sure, you could put an asterisk there, but I, I, I do actually 100% agree with that. I've never liked the idea because of that. Because they still, they still did it, though. Yeah. I mean, you could put asterisks all you want. I mean... Yeah. I, I mean, That's you like, could ask, uh, you could go in and ask like a like a kid that knows baseball a little bit, like a middle school kid about baseball, and they say, "What did, do you remember? Do you know Barry Bonds?" I'm sure they're gonna equate him to steroids. Like you don't yeah. need to have the asterisk. They know he took steroids. Yeah, but I mean, he had, still did it. You know, like he's dominant, and he was fun to watch. Baseball was fun to watch when he came because you knew he was hitting a home run. Well, it like, also comes with the criteria too, because. Is it the criteria of somebody that was very popular 
or well-respected, somebody that was the face of baseball for an extended period of time. Yeah. And he does fit that category because clearly it's not always about statistics with the Hall of Fame. So, you know what I mean? There's a lot of leeway there. But his statistics were awesome. Like he had a, he, well, yeah, but I'm saying there's other people in there that statistically weren't top tier, should I say, or, or weren't like the absolute best. Yeah. Or there's people that aren't in there that were statistically way better than others. Because for them, it's kind of a, an, an amalgamation of a bunch of different factors. So you'll take it with what it is. But yeah, I, I, I agree with you about the showing thing. It's absolutely ridiculous. Definitely. I think he does get in next year, by the way. I think there's no chance he's left off the ballot again. Yeah. Um, if he does, I'm gonna have an aneurysm because that <laughs> like this guy is. It's it's it doesn't make sense. It do, and it's he, he earned it. The thing is, too, next year's Hall of Fame class is not that great. Like the first years coming in, I don't think any of them. I can't see any of them being really. I mean, AJ Burnett. No, no, no. he's not. No. I'm I'm reaching. He's like, he's, there's no one coming in that should be a. Hall, first ballot Hall of Famer. So then you look at these guys. Kurt Schilling's probably going to get enough to get in. And I think sure. it's going to be close for Clemens and Bonds. They're going to be right there on the brink. They could get yeah. another 10% of the vote, like going toward them. Yeah. Because uh, you can vote for more than one person. Like they yeah. can vote for more people. But it's what interesting is... with Clemens and Bonds. Are they going to make them wait the 10th year and make them come in well, on the 10th year? Also, what is the cutoff point? 10 years. No, I'm talking about for like percentages or the amount of votes. Uh, seventy-five, I think seventy-five okay. point something. Uh, what is it? You must have a total. You must have two hundred and ninety-eight out of the three hundred and ninety-seven votes. Do the math. About seventy-five percent. Around there, yeah. yeah. And Larry Walker had seventy-six point six percent of the vote. Yeah. I like. I mean, don't get me wrong. Larry Walker was a pretty good player. Yeah. Uh, he was, you know, an MVP. He was Canadian. Yeah. A. Um. <laughs> I mean, that's about it. Yeah. That's about. But you did make a valid point. I mean, he like had that. a three hundred. He, he, he had a pretty good batting average. He had a good amount of home runs. He had a bunch of hits, but like. It just made it in on this tenth try, just a percentage off. Like, I just personally I'm don't sorry. like the system. I I think it, I think it's stupid too, and I think that uh, Kurt Schilling was was cheated. I think he deserves to be in there today. And I'm I willing am, to bet there's a lot of people though that we've all forgotten about that probably deserved at some point. Usually by the tenth year they get in. I would say. Very few people that actually really deserve to be in there. The one thing about the Baseball Hall of Fame is yeah. they don't let everyone in, which I think is very good. Well, yeah, because you got to earn it. You got to you got to be like the Hall of Fame should be the cream of the crop of players. Yeah, and most of the time they do that. Like the Baseball Hall of Fame, will they're not yeah. afraid to just induct one person into the Hall of Fame each year, like yeah. like that that year. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if there are years where nobody. Usually, the way people retire, there's usually someone there's usually that gets yeah. at least one that gets in. Okay. Uh, especially when there's a vote every year, like someone's gonna get uh, yeah, like I even if it's a bad a class, like yeah. yeah, like next year there's not gonna be a lot of people coming in first ballot, so Kurt Schilling's yeah. probably gonna get more votes, okay. so he'll be in. Um, 
but it is a bad system, and it's going to be interesting to see. I, I hope he makes it in next year. Okay. Same. But uh, that about wraps it up. On that note, that about wraps it up for this week. I uh, want to thank James, as always, for hey. joining me today. We're going to get next week, we'll have our Super Bowl uh, preview, and we'll get into some games this week. And so excited. It should be fun. I'm excited for the Super Bowl, oh, too. Oh, dude. We got to start planning for that. I know. It's going to be a big, big episode. Big it's episode. It's our first Super Bowl episode. First Super Bowl episode. We're going to break out the, the streamers and the confetti and... Actually, I, I, I don't want to clean up no, that confetti, no, so let's I not think do that. We'll just, we'll just do the regular episode. All right. That's good. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great week, everyone. <laughs>